Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. What's up, what's up, incredible and loved and valued humans. I am Emma Mae McDaniel, and I am so grateful to welcome you to the Have You Heard podcast, where, friends, y'all are in for a really special treat today, where we have Lisa Turkhurst on the podcast, and I'm really excited because today I really believe we're going to get wisdom on what healthy boundaries are, how to implement them, and how to navigate the difficult emotions that come with them. So, friends, grab your headphones, and let's get into the Word. Lisa, welcome to the Have You Heard podcast. Thank you. It's such an honor to be with you. So thanks for asking. You are so welcome. Well, something that I love to ask my guests when they come on is really simple, but I think really fun. What is something that has made you smile today? There was um, a very specific prayer answered today, and um, it was just really cool. And I love that I'm at the place in my life where I don't just think, oh man, that was great, but instead I identify it, I let it build my faith for other places where maybe I'm not getting answered prayers, and it really made me smile today. Wow, that is amazing, and I can so see why that would strengthen your faith. I have had those moments, I had one of those moments yesterday where I was asking the Lord for affirmation in an area of my life, and someone just came up and started having a conversation with me about that very topic. And it really does, when you choose to sit in that and think, wow, God, you're so faithful to hear me. You're so faithful to encourage me specifically. That's incredible. I love that. Thank you. And obviously, being on your podcast is making me smile, too. So thank you. Lisa! Okay, you just made my day. That's amazing. Well, it's making me smile, too. I've been looking forward to this. I actually told my mom, I was like, Mom, I'm having Lisa Turkhurst in the podcast. She was like, no way. (laughs) Me and my family just adore you. So this is an honor. (laughs) Well, I'll tell my family tonight. I got to be on MMA's podcast, and they'll say, no way. So we're both having (laughs) that experience. (laughs) I love it. Oh, I am so excited, and I find it just so fitting that I'm getting to talk to you about this because you've shared so much encouragement and advice regarding healthy boundaries. And I know that a lot of times whenever we speak into the lives of others regarding a certain topic, a lot of times it's coming from a personal space where we have grown, where we have walked through. And so I would love if you could share like your own story and 
how like and why healthy boundaries is something that you have learned from and why you speak about it with so much passion into the lives of other people. Yes. Well, thank you for asking. So where there's chaos in our life, there's usually the need for a boundary. And as a really peaceful person who likes to keep the peace, um, boundaries were always really hard for me. And I think one of the reasons is because I didn't have the biblical confidence that it was really okay for a Christian woman to draw boundaries. I didn't know how to draw them. I had had boundaries weaponized against me like as a punishment or control tactic or manipulation tactic. Um, I had tried to draw boundaries and they failed. And so I had a lack also, not just of biblical confidence, but I had a lack of emotional fortitude and the belief that boundaries were worth trying to establish. And so I did a deep dive because I realized that healthy boundaries are crucial for healthy relationships. And right away in the Bible, when I opened it up asking, is God okay with boundaries? I realized the first recorded conversation between God and man, it was on the topic of a boundary. And how God established the boundary, he said to Adam, you are free. So in other words, boundaries are for the sake of freedom. When we identify where the boundaries are, then we have real freedom. We can run in those places, right? And then God says, you can eat from any tree in the garden, but not this tree, the tree in the center that is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it was a restriction, but ultimately it was for protection of the relationship. And Mm -hmm. so that was mind blowing too. And then also He established a consequence because a boundary without a consequence is nothing but a really poor suggestion. And so God modeled it. So I started to realize, you know, boundaries are not just a good idea. They're God's idea. And so it became this really profound opportunity for me to start looking in the Bible for examples of where God establishes healthy dynamics using boundaries. And then Jesus walked it out in his life as well. That is so encouraging. There are so many things you just said that resonate with me personally, and I want to hone in on more. One thing that resonated with me is something the Lord has continued to sanctify in me is that natural desire to people please, the fear of what people think, like maybe even knowing deep down you're making the right decision, but you're so afraid that it's rude. And I... I just love that you went there because I actually wanted to ask you, like, what does it look like to maybe feel that pressure of wanting to people please, not wanting to come across as rude, so afraid of what people are thinking, yet still make that wise decision to set a healthy boundary anyway? And for those who are listening that resonated with that as well, what encouragement or advice would you give to those who are people pleasers, but know that boundaries are actually what they need to do. Well, I feel like I should maybe uh, just play a little snippet of the song (laughs) that T-Swift put out recently, like, hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. (laughs) Only because, only because I, I, 
I struggle with it too, you know, and you're really, really young. I'm 53 years old and it's taken me a long time to make progress in this area. So I pray that by sharing this today, that maybe it'll fast track some other people into being able to understand why we people please and what to do about it. So here's the deal with me. I people please because I want to try to keep people happy, but the motivation between keeping trying to keep people happy is that I want to protect. They are giving me something that I fear if they took it away because I drew a boundary that I fear I won't be okay in the world without it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not just people pleasing to keep other people happy. I'm people pleasing to keep other people happy to protect what I fear will be taken away. And so when I started to get honest about that, it wasn't so much a tactic for other people. It wasn't like I was just pouring out my heart to keep other people happy. It was pointing to an insecurity and a deficit in my relationship with the Lord that I needed to tend to. And the deficit was this, we will always desperately want from other people what we fear God will never provide for us. So I'm going to say that one more time. We will always desperately want from other people what we fear God will not provide for us. And so I had to do some really deep heart work and Mm -hmm. really examine myself and start to understand that people pleasing for me was an act of desperation because I didn't want to feel alone. I didn't want to feel criticized. I didn't want to feel abandoned. I didn't want to be misunderstood. I didn't want to disappoint people. I didn't want to make them be mad at me. You know, so there was all this list of things, but here's the reality. If by drawing a healthy boundary, if I fear somebody will walk away from me, then chances are I already have the suspicion that that's a person who will eventually walk away from me, whether I draw this boundary or not. And Mm -hmm. mental health is a commitment to reality at all costs. So we have to acknowledge reality. We can't fall in love or keep falling in love with the potential of what something could be. We have to acknowledge what is. And so people pleasing for me is something that I really needed to tend to because in essence, it was a way for me to try to control something that I would never be able to control. And that is another person and their reaction to me and their ideas of me or their opinion of me. And so it became a really healthy exercise that I needed to pay attention to. Which is, there's so much maturity in that to first off acknowledge, okay, I have this tendency. And then you said to ask serious questions and get help and study the word. That was something else that I love that you acknowledged is your biblical confidence. Because I think a lot of us, when it comes to setting boundaries, we think, oh, that's not loving. But when you think about the fact that God is love and we do actually go search the scriptures of which is God breathed, it's filled with how that's actually so healthy and it is a part of his good design. And so I just, I pray that the people listening are really encouraged to go to the word of God because sometimes our, what we think loving is, is actually not at all what is healthy and so i just i i love that practical tip of hey go to the go to the scriptures see what god says see what see what his example that was set for us looked like so that we can learn from him and not have our own misconceptions of what we think healthy actually is um that's so good i really love that you just said that and really what love is 
and and God does such a beautiful description. You know, love is kind, love is patient. Um, but I think when you boil it all down, love is seeking each other's highest good. And if you are trying to enable someone just to try to keep them in a relationship, that's not seeking their highest good. Their highest good would be for them to be able to grow and develop past whatever they're doing in the relationship that would be causing harm. And so I took a hard look at when Jesus modeled and taught us to lay down our life for our friends. You know, it's, it is noble and it is honorable, but here's where we have to really pay attention. Jesus taught this and he modeled it. Jesus laid down his life to, for the purpose, like a high and holy purpose. Jesus did not lay down his life to enable bad behavior to continue. Mm -hmm. And so therein, we need to really assess, are we protecting what should be protected? And that is the precious nature of love. Or are we, in an effort to just get scraps of love, are we diminishing the best of who we are to cover up for the worst of who someone else is? Oh my goodness, I feel like this is one of those podcasts that's going to be like, okay, I need to hit that 15 seconds backwards button, replay it, then pause it to make sure I write this down. This is so rich. And I have actually been so encouraged because I've heard you talk about in right and I've read what you've written about the difference between loving well and letting go of the desire to control and feeling the pressure to change someone which I feel like we, a lot of us have a negative view of boundaries, not only because we may be on one side thinking that it's rude or it's not loving, but I think also because we think it's controlling or it's like I'm forcing this person to be someone they're not or to change when actually that's not the case at all. Can you talk to us a little bit about the difference between loving well versus controlling and trying to change someone? Absolutely. Well, I think and I, I had this misconception and I made this mistake so many times. I would see something in a relationship that was wearing me down. Maybe it was causing me to feel frazzled or fractured. And I would say, you know, I just can't take it anymore. I just can't take it anymore. But what I really needed to do instead of trying to change the other person, which is what I did forever. I tried to put a boundary on the other person to force them to change. But Emma, that's like if you and I were sitting together and one of us had a cardiac event, the other would obviously rush to that person and start doing chest compressions. But at some point, if that person's heart does not quicken and beat on its own, you doing chest compressions, you trying to help another person using external pressure is not going to be sustainable. Never have you seen two mm -hmm. friends walking around a mall, one doing chest compressions on the other and thought, wow, that's a sustainable, healthy relationship, right? <laughs> it's not. Right. And so I realized instead of trying to use external pressure and putting a boundary on another person to force them to change when they may be unwilling or incapable of changing, it's just going to be a frustrating process. So instead, we need to put boundaries around ourselves. And how we put a boundary around ourselves is by reducing the access that we give that person to all the areas of our capacity unless we're sure that they're bringing that same level of responsibility. So if I'm giving someone level 10 access, 
maybe to my financial capacity, my relational capacity, my time capacity, my physical capacity. If I'm giving someone access to areas of my capacity where I am limited, not because I'm selfish, but because I'm human, and I'm giving them level 10 access, but they're only demonstrating level three responsibility, I cannot force them to be more responsible. So I put a boundary on myself and I reduce the access that I grant them down to their demonstrated level of responsibility. That's so good. I feel like I I really wanted to ask you, like practically to those who are listening, what would you say are signs that boundaries need to be implemented? Because I feel like this isn't all the time, but a lot of times what we experience on our relationships, we get really familiar with. They become really normal and it's almost like we become unaware that it's actually not supposed to be that way. Like it's not supposed to be that unhealthy. And so I think it would be really helpful if you shared just some practical some practical signs to people that like, hey, this is actually a scenario where a boundary does need to be implemented. Whereas otherwise, if they weren't called out on it, they may not even be aware that that's actually not okay. That's right. So where there are those simmering resentments, where we want somebody to treat us differently, and we keep trying to just pep rally ourselves past the pain that it's causing us, and we mm-hmm. keep trying to work on ourselves to maybe make it better by working on us. But then we hit this point where we say, I just can't take it anymore. So that's a big clue that boundaries are needed and they just haven't been implemented. And healthy people respect healthy boundaries. So Very if you true. have a communication with someone who's healthy, they may ask you questions about the boundary, but they're not going to disrespect your boundary because they themselves have a healthy perspective of their own boundaries. But unhealthy people, they have never met a boundary that they like. So we've got to go ahead and get into the mindset that if we establish even just a small boundary and this other person pushes against it, argues it, or just completely disrespects it, then there may be some unhealth in that dynamic, in that relationship. And like I said before, where there's chaos, where there's toxicity, where there's dysfunction, where there are simmering resentments, it's usually because there's a lack of a needed boundary. So we have to also have the right perspective of boundaries. We want to avoid extremes. So sometimes I would find myself bouncing from saying, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, and just dealing with it and not not addressing the, the behaviors that were occurring that were hurting me or just not addressing the issues at hand. And then that was one extreme to the other extreme, me saying, I can't take it, peace out, you know? Mm -hmm. But boundaries help us bring everything back to the middle and avoid extremes. And they become a reminder how crucial it is to have a communication tool called a boundary. And that's really what a boundary is. It's our opportunity to express, this is okay, this is not okay for me. Mm This is what I have to give. This is what I do not have to give. This is what I will tolerate. And this is what I won't tolerate. And you see, when we establish those boundary lines, then real freedom in the relationship can occur and health starts to enter into that relationship because we truly are seeking each other's highest good. This is so good. I've been so encouraged by you in this. I thought this was such a beautiful perspective of boundaries when you said that boundaries actually help you fight for the relationship. And I feel like sometimes we have this perspective where boundaries are pushing people away 
And the fact that you've worded it as fighting for the relationship, I just love that. You're, you, as you just said, bringing freedom to the relationship. I care enough th- about this relationship that I'm going to step out of my comfort zone probably and communicate the hard stuff. So that I just think that that is so beautiful. And also something that you said that was really cool to me is... To note, whenever you notice that, okay, boundaries probably need to be implemented is whenever you notice the resentment or you notice like the tension. And something that I've heard you talk about is you may have certain feelings that are difficult, but those feelings don't have to like overcome you. Those feelings don't have to settle within you and take root. And that leads me to my next question of talking about just you personally, like as you are navigating a difficult relationship, you're setting boundaries, there's probably been some emotional toil considering the fact that boundaries have to be put in place. And so how have you personally not let the hurt that has come from that difficult relationship and the frustration and the confusion, um, just all of the difficult emotions that I'm sure a lot of people have also felt. How did you not let that take root in you and cause bitterness, but actually caused you to just press forward and be better on the other side of it? Well, it's such a hard thing. And, you know, just in full transparency, it, this is hard for me. It really is. So this isn't like, oh, I've conquered this. It's something I have to work on every single day. It's a very daily practice. And, you know, it is hard. It's really hard when somebody unfairly criticizes us. It's hard when somebody walks away from us because we've implemented a boundary. All of those things are hard. And, you know, I haven't done it perfectly. So, but let me share something that I think might help. When we are establishing boundaries, it's really important for us to understand that we're doing it to exemplify self-control. God never calls us to control other people, but evidence of his spirit in us, one of those evidences is the fruit of the spirit, it's self-control, right? So we are responsible to keep ourselves controlled to the level where we can exemplify that God's spirit is in us. And so one day I opened up my journal and I said, okay, I'm going to put a list down. Who is the best of Lisa? Like, what does she really look like? And Mm -hmm. I put down that I'm peaceful, that I'm kind, that I'm generous. I listed these qualities that are very true about me when I'm operating at my best. Now on the other page, who is Lisa when she is frazzled? She's said yes to too many things. She is tolerating things she shouldn't tolerate. She's setting her needs on the shelf and pretending like they don't matter. And uh, there's just a lack of boundaries. Like, what does Lisa look like then? And I put, I'm the opposite. Instead of peaceful, I'm anxious. Instead Mm -hmm. of generous, I start to become very protective of my resources. And instead of joyous around people, I become skeptical of everyone. And so then I asked myself the question, okay, this is Lisa and this can be Lisa too. Which version of Lisa do I want to stay front and center in front of the people that I interact with on a daily basis? Obviously I want the best of Lisa. Therefore, 
Whatever these boundaries cost me, and there will be a cost, we will lose some relationships, but the good news is we'll also gain some healthier relationships because health attracts health. And Mm -hmm. so I remind myself, I want to love others well without losing the best of who I am. So that's why I do boundaries. And when I'm biblically confident that boundaries are not just a good idea, they're God's idea, and I have the emotional fortitude to understand how crucial it is for the best of me to stay front and center, then I have a lot better chance of implementing the boundary and acknowledging it will cost me something and I'm willing mm-hmm. to experience that cost. Yeah, because you know you know it's worth it. And because you're biblically confident, you trust that God's word is going to hold true and it's not going to let you down. It's not going to return void. So by you yielding to the word of God and choosing to trust him as you go, you know that though it's difficult, it's worth the journey, which I've been so encouraged by you in that. And I, whenever I think of boundaries, I also think of how we do have to let go of what's been normal to us. Mm. Um, and I, when I think about that, I think of two groups of people. I think of the person who has taken that really difficult but bold step of letting go of either the the friendship or that dating relationship or just parts of it that have been their normal and maybe they're grieving because like though it was the wise decision they're still missing what was and I also think of the person who maybe needs to set that boundary maybe needs to let go of what has been but they're afraid and I would just love if you would speak to both of those people to the person who's grieving what once was and the person who knows that it's wise to make that boundary but is scared of losing what they're so familiar with well i think we have to make peace with it is perfectly normal it's actually healthy for us to acknowledge inside of a relationship what our needs are now we don't want to take it to extremes you know we don't want to have unrealistic demands if a need starts to shift into a demand we're making to another person then we need to take a look at that but i think for so long i set my needs up on a shelf and i tried to operate as if it was the wonderful christian thing to do to be someone who needed nothing and gave everything And that sounds really noble. It sounds really like, wow, that is the ultimate picture of a Christian. And what I discovered is I was training people to treat me poorly because Mm -hmm. I was training people that I had no needs and that my opinions didn't matter. And inside of me, even though externally it looked like, wow, she's really exemplifying Christian character inside of me, I was getting eaten up with bitterness and resentment and frustration and feeling taken advantage of, feeling like nobody sees me, nobody cares about me, and I was becoming bankrupt. I was becoming bankrupt emotionally, spiritually, and even physically. And we can't operate from a bankrupt place and honor God at the same time. So that had to change, and I had to learn. It is okay for me to exemplify my heart and at the same time draw appropriate boundaries. And so how I do this, let me give you a practical little script. When somebody asks me, hey, Lisa, can you blah, 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 blah. And I know that I do not have the emotional capacity or the time capacity to do that. I used to dance and try to like, uh, their request felt like my assignment. And now my script is this. While my heart says yes, 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 
The reality of my time makes this a no. I cannot give that, but here's a little part of what I can give. And what I found is that's a reflection of my heart. That's a reflection of the best of who I am. And at the same time, it's me acknowledging reality that I'm limited in my capacity because, not because I'm selfish, but because I'm human. Only God has unlimited capacity. And when we start operating like we have unlimited capacity, we may be stepping in front of God and we don't want to do that. Hmm. I am going to be taking that away. That is so good that I have limited capacity. And when I choose to rest in that, I think I really operate in a deep dependency on God because I realize that he doesn't and he's going to lead me into what he entrusts me and what he gives me the capacity to do. That's so good, Lisa. I feel like there have been just so many encouragements in this podcast, and I really pray that it blesses people individually and in their relationships. And I would I would love just to, as the big finale of our conversation today, I, I know for me for a long time, I was just totally turned off by the idea of counseling because I honestly it was pride I was just like I I shouldn't need that is basically how I felt so I felt bad for wanting it um but I ended up going through two plus years of counseling and it blessed me so much my relationships my walk with the Lord and I've heard you talk about just how incredible biblical counseling is so I would just love for you to as a last encouragement, share with the person who may need to step into biblical counseling but is afraid or feels like they shouldn't need it, what encouragement would you give them? Yeah, well, I would say that mental health is a commitment to reality at all costs. And sometimes we need help acknowledging reality and knowing what to do about it. And so biblical counseling has been a treasure, a gift to me and it's important. And so also, if you're having a hard time finding a counselor, I encourage everyone to find the right counselor who is trained in the specific area where you feel like you need help and that that person has biblical wisdom because that's important as well. But in the in-between, if you're having a hard time finding a counselor or you find that it's too expensive or you find that um, you know, you're just too nervous to take that leap into walking into a counselor's office. I started a podcast called Therapy and Theology. You can listen to it wherever podcasts are. And I think it will start to give you the insight and the wisdom of how healthy and how wonderful biblical counseling can be. I love that, Lisa. Thank you. And everyone who's listening, I just want you to know our conversation today has been a snippet of Lisa's both her book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, as well as her new devotional that is a morning and evening one, absolutely incredible, that is coming out. And I'm just so, so excited. So for a more in-depth view of what our conversation has been today, totally go check those out. Lisa, can you let them know where they can go and just be invested into everything of your ministry? Thank you. So you can go to Proverbs31.org. You can find me on social media at Lisa Turkhurst. And uh, my books, both You're Gonna Make It and Good Boundaries and Goodbyes are available wherever books are sold. Fantastic. Guys, we love y'all so much. We're so thankful for who you are. And I can't wait to talk to y'all next week. 